You're listening to the System Save Me podcast, episode number 181. Today, we're talking all about how to equip yourself with endless email broadcasts, so stay tuned. Hey, I'm Jordan, and my business love language is efficiency, because who doesn't want to sip pina coladas on the beach while your business runs on autopilot? We're here to help overworked one-woman shows become streamlined solopreneurs. And now with over 150,000 downloads, this is the System Save Me podcast. Hey, y'all. I'm so excited to bring you this guest all the way from Lincoln, Nebraska, which is pertinent because I used to live in Lincoln, Nebraska for like 12 years back in the day. Shout out to Cookie Company and Valentino's Pizza. But Allie and I are so excited to bring you some goodness about email content. So how are you doing today, Miss Allie? I am doing so well. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks for having me. Yes, absolutely. Had to have you. We're going to get into Airtable. So that's like basically a direct shot to my heart. And so, yeah, we are going to be talking about email content and nurture sequences, all of that good stuff. But if you want to first, just tell us a little bit about you and your business. Yes. So like you said, I'm Allie Grimmert and I am an email marketing strategist and conversion copywriter. And I help online business owners create a killer first impression through welcome and nurture sequences so that they can engage readers, build brand loyalty and optimize their conversions for sales and site traffic. Mm, Optimize. Mm -hmm. It's just such a wonderful word. (laughs) It's a good one. (laughs) Yeah, it is a good one. Then I love how concise your intro is your bio. I always like appreciate that. So, I mean, it just shows how good you are with words. Like, (laughs) I like to think so. (laughs) (laughs) So awesome. So with this, when it comes to email nurture sequences, a lot of people are like, how many emails, like how long they should be. And what's funny is what you say, I believe is more important than like the numeric or metric side of it from the like number of emails or how long it is. So I'm super excited to hear kind of your philosophy on nurture sequences and, you know, how we can really just maximize the fact that we're getting a new email subscriber, which is super exciting. So tell me about like what your clients' businesses are like before they implement an actual nurture sequence. Yes, absolutely. So I have clients come to me. I work with a lot of bloggers and online business owners. And so they have all this really wonderful content on their site, but they aren't sending new subscribers there. So they've created this content that would be really helpful to new subscribers, but they aren't finding out about it. So, which is just like a shame, right? It just breaks my heart. So especially my background is actually in personal finance blogging. And so That's how I got started a good four years ago, because I have really fun hobbies is what I tell people. (laughs) So yeah, but things like how to budget or how to set things up are really important for your new subscribers to know or for them to feel like they understand, you know, your ecosystem on the internet, (laughs) your blog content. So there's this big misconception. And I hear this all the time from clients. They're like, yeah, but I created that five years ago like, yeah, but if that blog content or that video would be helpful to new subscribers, we need to make it available to all of them. So that's like from a heart perspective, I'm like, you know, and for making sure that you're creating a really great relationship with new subscribers, but then also you have all this great content that we could consistently be sending people back to your site. So whether it's ad traffic or even promoting products, all of that we could automate so that all new subscribers are getting these messages to go back to your site. It feels like a no brainer. But in a lot of cases, clients have never thought of it or they're like, yeah, we have that misconception of I have nothing important to share because it's not new. 
Yeah, that is interesting. Is it because people feel like they have to re- like come up with new shiny stuff and their new subscribers who literally have never heard of you and have no idea what your content is? Like, why is it that we feel like we have to like come out and like, I've been talking about the same things for almost four years. So I totally get it. What is the sticking point really? Like, I know it's about like, it being old, but what is that? What are people actually saying about that? Like, well, I wonder if it's honestly too much tunnel vision on things like SEO or, you know, recent trends or, or whatnot. But I, so I do a lot of audience research for my clients. So, but it's funny because I had a client the other day say, so you're saying that people just want easy recipes with ingredients they have. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> like they don't necessarily need everything that's new and shiny. Those are the, still the things that people are looking for when they come to your site. Um, and eventually you can share with them, you know, maybe these advanced recipes, but they just want stuff they can pronounce. And so in a way that helped direct what kind of content we'll include in their nurture sequence. Yeah, it totally makes sense. I love it. And repurpose is also one of those words that I'm just like, say it to me more. Like I'm, just, <laughs> I'm all about it. So yes. with that being said, let's go ahead and talk about really how people can start to equip themselves with endless email broadcasts. So walk us through each step. Tell us all the goodness. We want it all. Break it down. Yes. Okay. So in this Airtable freebie and template that I've created, use it from my own content calendar for email. I'll kind of walk you through what I do. So first of all, I use Airtable as like my content calendar where I just kind of drop all of my ideas into four or five different themes. So I do that so that I can make sure that I'm not spreading myself too thin. Um, And so that my audience isn't like, well, one week you were talking about email marketing and the next you're talking about your trip to New York. Like that doesn't help anyone. So it kind of makes you keep those themes in check. And then, yeah, so then what I do is then I, on the next tab, I organize all those by week. So I take those four or five themes and I rotate them so that I have a different theme for each week. And it really helps allow me to focus. So I do that second, I guess, content dump, organize the themes, and then I pick out what content from that first tab I actually want to talk about each week in advance. So it allows me to plan out six weeks of email content, knowing what I'm going to be talking about soon, which makes it so much easier to sit down and write an email (laughs) when you're like, oh, I know I already planned this. So you're not sitting down being like, what do I talk about? What theme do I talk about? You know, what details do I include? Do I include a video? So you kind of allow yourself that time to brainstorm, but you still have a framework that you're following. So that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. So for the, I guess I'm thinking of basically, do you separate out like the welcome sequence and the like broadcast, like nurture sequence? How do you, cause my thing is, I feel like a lot of times people's welcome sequence is one thing. And then it's obvious then when you're in like a nurture sequence and should they be that separate? Should it be obvious to people that they now have completed the welcome sequence and they're moving on to the nurture? Or should it be something that's completely connected? So I see them as two separate things. So for a welcome sequence, what I really want it to, for my clients to do and for all of your listeners too, is to welcome your new reader where they are. So saying like, I see that these are your pain points. These are the things you're struggling with. And like, I get that. Or if you're frustrated with you know, systems that are out of whack, you're allowed to be frustrated and just know that there are ways to fix it. And then introducing yourself as the person or the company that wants to help them and how you're going to help them. So the welcome sequence is like, I think people get this misunderstanding that a welcome sequence is like, hello, I'm here. 
I know you were waiting for me. Um, <laughs> when in reality, you're not. Like, sorry for your ego, but they're coming because they're looking for some sort of solution. And so it's saying, I've got that. Here's how I'm going to provide that to you. So that's kind of the welcome sequence content. And through the welcome sequence is also how you can segment your audience. So you can separate beginners from advanced folks or solopreneurs from bigger teams or however you might do that. And then you can create two different nurture sequences for both of those audiences, depending on if their needs are that separate. And then the nurture content, honestly, so what I do is I create this Airtable content calendar for my broadcast, and then I turn that into the nurture content. So it doesn't really feel much different than if I was just sending a regular broadcast. But um, what that allows me to do, I mean, mental break wise is knowing that all of my new subscribers are going to get all 25 of these emails before they expect anything like totally new from me, <laughs> but they don't know that it was content. Well, they're going to know now if they listen to well, this podcast, yeah. <laughs> my secret's out. <laughs> but yeah, so that way it still reads like new content, uh, but it's evergreen content. It's not going to go out of date. So yeah, so that's what I do is a, once I send out a broadcast, I actually go back and I put it into a nurture sequence. So it's still following the same four or five themes. So I'm not harping with sales content all the time. But I also, yeah, so my big themes are teaching the value of email, because I feel like that's still a gap. What people are like, I built a list, but what can email really do for me? So I'm answering that question, those questions. Um, any tactical notes? Because I also like systems and operations and people are like, what's the difference between a tag and a segment? So that's where I get to answer those. And then also just instructing and helping people ideate different content that they can include in emails. So those are three of the themes that I like to hit on, but knowing that in my nurture sequence, all of that's still going to get covered. Yeah, that makes sense. And oh my goodness, the 25, you know, I've gotten a good like eight, like in my welcome slash like nurture sequence, but I do want to have a little bit longer of a runway for my people. And it's funny because I use GIFs in all my like GIFs in every single email. And there was one time I sent one without one, mainly because I like, it wasn't, I don't know. I must've just forgotten or just like, it wasn't a top of mind. And I got so many people emailing me and like, is this you still like, is this really you? Yep. What's <laughs> happening? And I'm like, Oh, like, but it, so you like train like your email subscribers, like for your you know, extras or like how you write or stuff like that. And I've learned that I write my best emails at two in the morning, which is helpful to know and also not helpful when you like, you know, have things to do the next day. Right. But are there ways that people can start to identify their best content and then how they can actually rewrite it or revamp it or rejuge it for their nurture sequence and like what's like a tip or two that people could take with when it comes to that stuff absolutely so and a little bit of background too I actually didn't start with blog content I started with writing my emails and then I moved them to blog content so that's actually one method of repurposing and then as I go back and really like zhuzh up and beef up those blogs to be even more helpful or add a video I'm going to add a link to it in my nurture sequence like right now, it doesn't make sense. It's like, go read the exact same thing on my website. But when I do, I'll have that link. But then on the flip side, ways you can look at your YouTube video views or look at popular content on Instagram, what people have reacted to. 
And then of course, Google Analytics. See what pages are popping up most frequently. So when you're like, I'm almost two years in a business, so I don't have a ton of SEO. I didn't do a lot of content creation. I did more service-based <laughs> projects. So like, I don't have a ton of Google Analytics to look at. So in another way to do it, I guess a third way, is really figuring out what is the transformation you want people to experience. So if they come onto your site feeling or thinking this way, you want them to feel confident. For me, like I want people to feel confident sharing their voice in email. So some of my emails are like, I have some Mr. Rogers gifs where I'm like, we want to hear from you just the way you are, you know, so it's like encouraging and inspiring and hopefully not demeaning to people because I have to tell that to myself. Like I have those same limiting beliefs. So that's kind of how I framed out the order of my content. Like I can teach them about tags and segments, but they aren't going to understand that unless I tell them what an email service provider is. Right. It's kind of creating a flow of content. And that's why my emails can be you know, my nurture sequence can be 25 emails because I'm teaching and I'm like reiterating things throughout that. Have you been dying to create a VIP day or virtual intensive offering, but are stuck in overthinking everything? You love what you do and how you support your clients, but lately it's become, well, too much. You may even be hitting your monthly revenue goals, but you're left completely exhausted. Yeah, been there, bought the t-shirt and the mug. Good news, I've built my virtual VIP day bootcamp that walks you through the nine steps to create and selling a one day virtual intensive. Grab the podcast only pricing of $37 for this two hour training plus tons of bonuses to build and sell your own one day virtual intensive. Since 2016, I've completely replaced monthly retainers with one day virtual intensives and VIP weekends. So join me and stop dealing with the late night slack pings, lacking control over your own calendar, chasing invoices, explaining scope creep again, you kept my drift. Head on over to systemsamey.com slash pod bootcamp. That's P-O-D-B-O-O-T-C-A-M-P and grab the goods. All right, back to the episode. How do you weigh... You know, you mentioned, okay, look at what is most popular that people are coming to you for, all that sort of stuff. And it's so, my podcast analytics are so fascinating Mm -hmm. because my top podcast episode was like a nine minute episode that I did that was like how to stop losing website leads. Now, is that what I like talk about often or is that something that I like, it was a quick tip sort of scenario. So how do you look at what is like top and popping and people are clearly obsessed about. And it was like significantly more than even the second, third, fourth, fifth thing. And how do you weigh that? And like what you actually like are trying to help people with, like sometimes when things it's not totally tied, how do you weigh, like, should I just go with like what all the top content is and just build it out from that and then figure it out afterwards? Or do I find ways to mesh them together a little more? Like, what would your suggestion be? Yeah, you definitely want to make sure that it all still aligns with your brand purpose. Like, I don't necessarily think you need to go changing your whole messaging around what people find important. Like, that's a downward spiral. No one wants to be (laughs) (laughs) talking space. You're like, everything's changing always. And I don't know who I am anymore. That's not a good place to be. So, but for something like that, that's where your welcome content is really helpful because you can be like, here is my most popular podcast episode. And it doesn't necessarily have to be part of a transformation. It's just like, hey, the people that I serve are business owners and they found this really helpful. 
and then you can continue to teach about systems. So it could just be, hey, I'm being generous. Ah. I've heard it said too that your nurture sequence content can kind of be like a mixtape of all of your top things. Ah, okay. So if it's just like, hey, I want to make sure you know about this because everybody else found it helpful, position it that way. You don't necessarily have to go rerouting your whole yeah whole situation. Oh, that totally makes sense. Yeah, because I think mm-hmm. sometimes when you look back at your content and you're like, what in the hay? Like, it's a lot of the things that. I spent the least amount of time like yeah. <laughs> like thinking about or you know over analyzing and so it's always just and even when you're just pivoting you know a little bit in business right and how to make those adjustments and as a lot of people are pivoting you know how do you look at you know when you look at people who have been in business five years seven years ten years a lot of times their stuff is pivoted, maybe not drastically, like it's not a whole different topic or industry. However, there's like nuances and stuff. So I think it'd be important for people to understand how you can still use, I like the mixtape kind of analogy of just like, it can just like be your greatest hits. Like everyone loves Always Be My Baby by Mariah Carey. Like it's just, we don't care. Like put it in the freaking welcome sequence. Yes, we do. So like, (laughs) I love that. Well, I've even instructed clients and I tell this to my email list too. You can tell people what you're sending them. You can say over the next eight weeks, I'm going to send you my most popular stuff. And, or, cause that way you can also send that content like on Mondays at five, but also send your live broadcast Thursdays at 9am. And people aren't going to be like, geez, you're really sending me a lot of stuff. You can say, yeah. Or you can have an unsubscribe just from that sequence. So you can send them both. Or you just like on my list, people just start getting those emails Tuesday at the same time as my normal broadcasts go out. But then when it's all done, they get my live broadcast. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And it's really easy. So even like with COVID stuff, I was able to turn off my nurture sequence content and send everyone live content saying, hey, like addressing the current situation and then to be able to turn it back on felt really incognito. (laughs) Oh, that's really nice. Well, let's talk about that. Yeah. Like we'll talk about some tools. What email service provider do you use? I use ConvertKit. Nice. So you shut off your automation or your sequence? I turned off the automation. Ah, So before and after the sequence. So the automation includes tags for whether they are in sequence or not. Okay. And it moves over from the welcome sequence. So you move over, they get the tags saying that they're in sequence for the nurture content. And those people are excluded from my live broadcast. Okay. I gotcha. I see how you do it. Yeah. Because I use active campaign. I'm obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. It's like a nerdy person's dream. It's awesome. It's also awesome. Oh my gosh, it is. I mean, ConvertKit's amazing too. And like, I tell more people to go to ConvertKit than Active Campaign just from a intuitive standpoint. Mm-hmm. It's really usable. I think it's very intuitive. Active Campaign is not, unless your brain is just like, I don't know, insane like mine. But I like that you can like turn things on and off. Like with Active Campaign, I haven't quite figured it out. So I like the tagging idea a little bit. And I agree, like the scheduling of things my little nurture for four weeks is like Tuesday, Thursday for four weeks. And like my live broadcasts are only on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Like I never send anything Tuesdays or Thursdays, like no matter if you're in the sequence or not. So that way nobody's getting fully bombarded by madness. And usually it's Wednesdays because Wednesdays are actually my biggest open days. And so I want to keep that for my promotional stuff because I need you to open my promotional stuff. Yes, it's great that you can open my nurture stuff, I need you to open the ones talking about buying. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. And I think even that concept of like setting a certain day or days of the week for nurtured content is still new to a lot of people. Um, But that actually gives you more freedom to send your promotional emails, knowing that your list is only going to be getting these nurtured emails or long-term sales funnels on certain days of the week. I think that gives you a lot more freedom as a business owner to reach out to your list when you want to and when you need to. Oh, totally. And I think one thing too, I want to add before we wrap up is like, what do you suggest for people who have like list shame? Like they are just like, I only have a hundred subscribers, which I'm also like, that's a hundred people that like don't know you and are wanting to hear from you, which like in the grand scheme of life is actually a lot of people. Yes. <laughs> like, yep. you know, so <laughs> what would you suggest for people who are feeling like, oh, like, I don't want to build an, a welcome sequence or a nurture sequence when I only have a hundred people on my list and like, you know, it's slow growth and whatever else. Like, what would you suggest for those people to kind of shift that belief? That belief, I would say go watch Mr. Rogers and he'll tell you <laughs> that you have wonderful things to share. I think a couple ways, either that you're rolling out the red carpet for people as individuals. I like to remember that your subscribers are people and they deserve that whether you're getting five subscribers a day or 50 But the other thing is like, I consider it a housewarming gift, you know, and your emails can shift and change. I think another thing that's limiting people is thinking, I'm going to spend all this time setting this up, but what if my business shifts or what if, and it's like, yeah, well, you can just like stop running the emails. You can just change them. You know, my emails are going to change here in six months, I bet, because (laughs) I'll have a better idea of my business and who I serve and how I can serve them, or I'll have products that I'll want to introduce to people. But you have to just start somewhere. I usually tell people too, you know, Amy Porterfield started at zero at one point. And so, and it also is like you're creating a foundation for when your list does grow, that you have segmentation set up so that you can learn more about who's joining your list. And um, you have link trigger set up so you can see who's clicked what. I know. <laughs> I love language. <laughs> Tell me more about link triggers. Right, link triggers are the best. So <laughs> awesome. And so for everybody here, we have an awesome, awesome, awesome freebie for all of you systems ninjas. So it is at duet, D-U-E-T-T dot C-O slash S-S-M. And Allie, go ahead and tell us a little bit about what is there. Yes. So I made a copy of my own content creation calendar and planning tool in Airtable. And so I've made that available for everyone to go and make a copy for themselves. So the first page is where you go through and you just brainstorm everything and you can organize your content into themes. And the second tab is where you actually start assigning themes to every week um, and then determining which content lines up with that. And then lastly, because I'm all about having a record of things, I also have a nurture sequence tabs. You can see which emails are in what order in your nurture sequence. So you don't even have to go into your ESP. And in all of these, there's a place to link to the permalink of the email, to the blog post, um, to write out what the call to action is in each email, and your open rate, click-through rate, number of subscribers, all of that. So you can track all of your data in one place. Yes. Love it. Can you tell the smiling from ear to ear? Because yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited. <laughs> This is the right podcast for that exact freebie. So go and check that out. The links will all be in the show notes and all the tools mentioned will be in the show notes and all that good stuff. So Allie, where can people find you on the interwebs? Yes. So you can find me at duet.co. And I'd like to say things like, let's do it, you know, all about puns and stuff. And yeah, I would say if you join my email list, that's actually the best way to stay in touch. You can always reply back to an email and I'll be there for you. Otherwise, you can also follow me on Instagram at Allie Grummert, A-L-L-E-A-G-R-U-M-M-E-R-T. Might as well spell the whole thing, but I'm sure you'll link to it as well. So 
that's where you can find me. Awesome. Love it. Thank you so much, Allie, for all of your goodness and just really breaking down something that a lot of people can find to be scary and like people go years without building this. And it honestly is something that is foundational. Like it's just like if you open up your home to somebody, like how do you want that to feel? That's it's our virtual business basically or virtual home. So I love, love, love that you were able to break this down and thanks for being on the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the System Save Me podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes or send a screenshot on Instagram while tagging us at System Saved Me.